Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with comic Kevin Goatee. Kevin Goatee, how the hell are you? Fantastic. That is a lot of alliteration you just spewed out right there. That's yeah. a lot of yeah. K's and C's there. It's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of hard... I, hard sounding words there i only started that with the pandemic man that's the only way the pandemic's affected me i had to do this remote shit and it's just fucking like stuff like zoom it just clips off the audio so you need to repeat everything four four thousand times uh well yeah i hear you that's whatever works for you and floats your boat by all means fucking do it but dude you're a tv guy you're used to repeating shit man let's talk about comics watching comics man i just i just took down what four seasons of that are you guys gonna uh release a new season soon only if somebody pays for it in the sense of giving me a bigger budget and gets me bigger names and a bigger set than my house. Sure. So that really was at your house, huh? That really is my house. Wow, so he's, I don't he's know. He's a truth if, uh, teller. Yeah. It's, the first, well, we tape it at, at a comedy club the first half, obviously, where we tape the comics. And the second half with the panel stuff, that's all at, at, at my place. Wow. That's a fucking pretty pimp apartment, dude. Oh, thanks. My wife doesn't think so, but whatever. Who cares? <laughs> she's the one who needs the bigger budget man she's making you sell out she's making you sell out bro yeah no we're trying yeah i mean i will believe me i love the show i want to do more of it again it's just getting a network on board getting more money to play with and, and instead of just having friends and people i know in, in, in the industry come over and do it you know i'd rather like i said get the big big names on there and have more glitz and glamour behind it and uh and hell get me more money so that's the goal so <laughs> Love to do it. We're just uh, waiting for someone to, uh, to to take a throw an offer out there. Because you're making it just truckloads of money, just not a fleet of trucks. Right. That's why I still have an apartment. <laughs> but yeah, so like, what would be your dream team of judges? Because I know you had some great judges on there. We're hoping to have Ray Goots on. Like, Ray Goots on this show. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Goots. Goots is great. Goots is on season three. He also did uh, my podcast. I did his podcast, his Disney podcast. Goots is a great guy. So you're going to have fun with him. Yeah, it sounds like he's a great guest. He was uh, recommended by Eric Branstein. But yeah, I recognize, uh, recognize Ralph Anthony. He was one of your first guests on the first season. Right. It was so funny to see you guys talk about you know his look not matching his material or something. And yeah. I, I'm, I guess the question is whether or not like your commentary makes certain people change. Any of these people come up to you and said, yo, I changed my act as a result? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people have said they have done it because of... You know, when you're, when you're a comic, you, know, you have your friends who sometimes just going to back up whatever you say. Yeah, man, good set. And maybe not give you that poignant feedback that someone who's been around longer or someone who's an outsider who doesn't feel the need to be all, you know, always keeping your feelings in mind. <laughs> a, a lot of people have. In fact, I'll give you one right now. And that's, um, oh, my God. I just blanked, I blanked on his name. Son of a bitch. Ray, he was on season, oh, God, four, three or three, three, three. Okay. Why am I blanking on Ray's name, last name? I'm sorry, Ray. He just moved to Costa Rica. Good dude. Long and the short is this. He comes on, the, the does the show. He's bombed out of his mind. He's high and he's <laughs> bombed. He eats a barrel of shit. Fast forward to him uh, asking to do our live show, which is also an Amazon video, the, the Gotham Showcase, where we have all of our winners. But Ray secured a spot on the, on the redemption section where I had him and a bunch of other people who okay. really ate shit on the show, get a second chance at it, and wow. Ray kicked ass. And Ray came up to me and goes, dude, that was the absolute proverbial, like the slap in the face I needed to get my shit together. Wow. And Ray went down to Atlantic City, lived there for a long, long time, and just kept honing his craft, getting up, getting up, getting up, and was better. And uh, you'll see that in the live show on Amazon Video. 
Yeah, even I think Chanel Ali was early on. I think she's pretty uh, prominent in the New York City scene right now. Have some of these people gone on to do great things? Yeah, Chanel did a great job, and she absolutely, absolutely is is making some moves here in the in the industry. So good on her. So yeah, I like to think that, I like to think that we had the, the, myself and maybe maybe the panel, obviously the obviously the panel as well, had an eye for her and it's from from Jump Street. But she's been doing it for a long time, even before she came to New York. She was in Philadelphia kicking ass long before she came here and long before my show. So she's had she's had the goods since day one, I think. Yeah, and then as good as the judges were, like, what would be the dream team of judges? You know, they they back up the Brink trucks and the trucks, and they let you pick whoever you want to. It'd be judges or rotating judges. Who are the big comic names you would choose? Good question. I would say David, I know David Tell is one of them. I love Chris Rock. And Bonnie McFarland is so vicious and funny. <laughs> I think she'd be great on the couch too. I almost had her husband Rich Voss on, but Voss wanted a lot of money, and I said no. <laughs> but Bonnie would be great. Chris Rock, obviously, because he's you know he's he's fucking Chris Rock. Yeah. I mean Chappelle too, of course. Burr, but David Tell is my first. It would be my numero uno choice. DePaulo's great too. DePaulo's very biting as well. He'd be a good panelist. But David Tell is my favorite comic of all time. So but they, he's one A. Rodney Dangerfield's one B. So <laughs> I'd say it's Tell. They, they want too much money, and you, you need to move out of your apartment. You're not kidding. Jesus Christ. Hello, networks. Can you hear a guy asking for some help? It's a proven concept, damn it. Get on board. Get me out of corporate America, for Christ's sakes. But, like, the bigger the judge, it would have to be the bigger the comic. Like, you know, you, you know I think during the first season, somebody brought up, you know, somebody will be watching this, and it will be comics watching comics watching comics. Like, if you had big names, would you then feel more comfortable going with advanced comics to criticize rather than intermediate comics? Not really, because of Van, uh, more known comics, they already got their legs from under them. They're, they're already making moves and getting stuff going on. The whole reason for the show is to give intermediate comics a, a, a more of a shot because, well, I mean, this is obviously I've done the show long before COVID. When the clubs reopen, man, at half capacity, uh, probably even 25% capacity, it's going to be a dogfight to get spots. And all those top-name performers are going to get those spots. So yeah. guys and girls in the middle are going to have less and less places in the clubs to perform. Hence why, you know, it'd be a great spot to do my show if we can, again, get yeah. it going on a network and get it paid for. So, That's no, I, I don't think we yeah, – I, I want to give the unknowns a shot. Everyone knows, you know, the Mark Normans of the world, people know – are starting to know who he is and Sam Morell's. And, and and folks at that level. But I want to give the people who are, you know, guys and girls who are still intermediate, trying to give them that bump. And, you know, if they kick ass in this show, maybe give them, uh, get them in the eyes of people across, all across the nation and bookers so they can see them and, you know, leapfrog some of the bullshit and red tape in the meantime, if they're ready for it, of course. Wow, you're doing the Lord's work. And I guess that leads to the question, like, you know, how did this thing get filmed? Like, were these people like, all right, you show up at New York Comedy Club on this date, these times they're going to rip you a new asshole, but you're going to be on something like Amazon. Is that, do they know what they were signing up for and how far in advance? Uh, the first season, no, because the first season, I just explain what's up. And a lot of the first two, actually two seasons, we taped two seasons in uh, in one day. So it's one, two, and one day, three and four, five and six, seven and eight. So one and two are a lot of like a good chunk of them are my friends. Okay. Uh, or people I knew very well, and then other people who, who applied. And then after that, three and four, five, six, seven, eight, you knew what you're getting into. Like the people who are in one and two may or may not know, have known. Like I told them, I said, hey, it's, crit it's criticism. You may get fucked with, you may get shit on, or you may get a fucking uh, a verbal high five and pick me up, man. You never know. It's all a gamble. Just don't go in here and half-ass it, or, don't take it or, or if you don't take it seriously, you're going to get fucked. 
Yeah. So by again by season three and four, you know what you're getting into. So for you to go in there and kind of wing it like some people did later on, and then go, oh, it's bullshit. Well, no, fuck you. That's on you for not doing your homework or knowing. You know, you're chasing the credit, but you damn well know that you're very likely to get your balls broken probably, or if you suck, you're going to hear it. And if you're great, you're going to hear it too. But there is a gamble. This is not just I'm jerking every comic off by. He's like, hey, you're a nice guy or a nice girl. Let's have you on the show and. Hey, here's an Amazon and IMDb credit. No, you got to fucking earn that. You're, you're going to get it, but you may come through with some scars in the process, or you so, may come through with uh, with some rewards in the process. Completely so even like, even those people who who got ripped a second asshole are using this as a credit. Of course they are. And <laughs> it's big. It's and totally you're stupid, big, and like, you're stupid if it. you're not doing it as, as a credit. <laughs> that's for sure. And um, I guess I guess one of the questions I have, especially with the first couple seasons, is you know if you knew these people, you know were you guys holding back in any of your criticism? Because like some of the criticism I saw took the shape of, yeah, this guy sucks, Dick, but you know he'll he'll find a place in a writer's room. Like that was a nice, uh, <laughs> this guy is not funny at all. He will find a place in a writer's room. He'll end up on Trevor Noah's staff in two years. <laughs> yeah, and that's it, and that's what it is again. And it's just. Uh, I guess a quick aside, like when you get into comedy, I guess pre a lot of people envision themselves as a road comic. That's the that's the basic, you know, goals people have. Maybe people people have grander goals. Like I thought that was my goal. But when I got into comedy, I go, there's a lot more than just living in shitty motel rooms, you know, 48 out of the 52 weekends in a year. That's not my cut. You know, I've always thought I've always thought I've had pretty good ideas for TV stuff. I went out and had the balls to make them. And uh, and do it, and I just I think th I know this is more my path than a road comic. Besides, even even as a road comic, I'll I'll tell you another quick story. Mike Lawrence, I don't know if you know who he is or not. He's mm -hmm. a writer for Roast Battle. He wrote on Greg Fitzsimmons' show. <coughs> sorry, not Fitzsimmons' show. Pete Holmes' show called Crashing on HBO. Yeah. Moved out to LA. You know, he used to be a New York comic. Real nice guy. One day we're doing a show, and he says, "Guess what? I had the best year ever." doing stand-up this year. And this is, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. He goes, want to take a guess how much I made? He goes, well, since you're off, Frank, sure, tell me. He goes, 33000 I go, 33000 I made more wow. out of my first year in college in yeah. corporate America than that. I said, no yeah. fucking way. Yeah. So, I mean, just grinding it out like that, I just, uh, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been in corporate America so long. I'm accustomed to lifestyle. I can't go do that route. So, listen, for those people who want to do it, knock yourself out, go for it. It's just not the lottery ticket that I want. Like the lottery ticket I think I have are the shows in the podcast that are going to make me, you know, a lot of tra very attractive to networks or agents or managers or whatever, just to really help me get my 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 projects off the ground. So, but again, yeah. So how did you how did you do it? Like you know, like at what point did Amazon get lined up for that first and second season? Like you kind of were flying blind. You you probably didn't have the deal lined up yet. Like how'd you convince this big name talent to sign on as judges? And and not, you know, I guess you weren't able to dangle the Amazon credit. Yeah, so here's the story. Uh, Amazon was not on board from day one. Amazon <laughs> didn't get on board till season four. Followers. And how I got on Amazon? Pure nepotism. Have a pure connection. That's okay. it. Bottom fucking line. Okay. It was uh, it was a hookup. So I know somebody who got it in, and there we are. So, you know, you know what? <laughs> everyone, everyone's got connection. Everyone's got hookups. I had one in Amazon, so nice. I will take it and run. Dude, so funny. yeah, no, you're right. So they weren't on board in the beginning, but. How did it? So it was on YouTube for for the first four seasons, and then season five was the first year I got on Amazon. Wow, that's fucking sweet. Did it have some neat neat traction, or was it just the hookup? 
No, the guy who was in charge of it was just like, yeah, this is good stuff. I, uh, I I like what you're doing here. I can get it on Amazon. Let's do it. So I said, okay. It's not Amazon original programming. Let me just be completely honest. It's not Amazon original programming. It's kind so, of the original programming. Shit. You're goddamn right it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so much so part that of, I saw the- Part of the Monkey Butt Productions family uh, here. Uh, my, my production company name, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would expect nothing less than a funny name like that, man. The fucking you said, monkey butt, right? I love that. I saw that name. That is my daughter's nickname, so that's how that that's, came. Dude, I fucking love it. You got to keep the nepotism going. We got to make her a judge. But but one thing I loved is the addition of Jeffrey fucking Gurian. Like the biggest compliment I ever got paid paid with some dude on Reddit was like, "You're the next Jeff Gurian." I'm like, "Your lips to God's ears." That guy's a fucking American classic. What uh? What did he mean by you're, you're the next Jeffrey Gurian? I'm well, curious meaning just interviewing, just interviewing hundreds of comics. That's about oh, it. okay. That's okay. where the comparison uh, ends. Yeah, but yeah, how'd you get Jeff Gurian? You just recognize he's a classic. We got to get him involved. Yeah, uh, he's he's been around. You see him at shows. You can't you you can't miss him. I mean, that <laughs> hair alone, and you just know the name. And he's with been a bunch of uh, he's been around comedy forever. So it's just like, well, you know what? You know why why not? Why not have a guy who provides a little bit of the old school comedy world as part of the uh, the panel. And then we got Eddie Brill's master panel since season eight. When you see that, Eddie Brill used to be the booker for Letterman and uh, uh. he's been working for forever. And uh, he's actually was roommates in college with Dennis Leary. So it's been, uh, uh. He's, he's been another guy who's been uh, around, the, around the game and then some too. I mean, now you're doing other things. I mean, in the meantime, when you're trying to back up the Brinks truck, you're doing get, gutting the sacred cow and that's where you have your famous comedy friends and you're just ripping movies and you asshole. Not really ripping movies and new assholes. It's di- so all my shows you may notice are going to have a common theme, but an insane twist. Like la- like last comic standing in Mystery Science Year three thousand. That's comics watching comics. I thought last comic standing was bored, was boring. I decided to make a cool little twist on it. A intermediate comics and B the Mystery Science Theater three thousand aspect of it because. I think people are more interested in seeing what comics really say about other comics and advice to give and just showing people how hard it is just being funnier than the office fucking water cooler funny guy or girl. You know, it's a lot harder than that. With Gutting the Sacred Cow, every there are tens of thousands of jerk-offs with movie podcasts, and a lot of them are fucking awful. I've listened to some, (laughs) and hell, I've been a guest on some of them. And they're just four people sitting around waxing poetic about their reviews and movies. Guess what? No one fucking cares. No one cares unless you're a huge name. Unless your takes are so insanely off the wall or hilarious, or you're, again, your name. No one cares. Here's the story of how Gutting the Sacred Cow is different than most podcasts. What we do is this. We invite a guest on to pick a film that they find insanely overrated or just flat-out hate. But here's the twist. It has to meet one of these criteria. Why they, why they beloved, critically acclaimed, or financially successful. So basically... You can't go and, and try and shit on Friday the 13th party. We all know that sucks. We want something that's going to take some skill. All right. We want, you know, like a B film or a, like I said, a horror sequel. It's going to be something that's going to make people look at their phone and go, what? That guy or that girl is saying that film sucks. How dare you? And then they're going to want to listen and hear the rationale why. So that's the real hook on gutting the sacred cow, which makes it different than everybody else. And we don't, you know, again, these people, they don't, they don't win a lot. I think about 30, 40% of the time that they are able to successfully gut the sacred cow. No uh-huh. one has been able to, con- to convince us solely of their argument to say, hey, you and I, you're right. This film is a piece of shit. We may, have deducted, we may have deducted a point here or there because of their argument was so good. Like, you know what? I'm going to knock my score down one. But, uh, 
or, or or the movie itself is so bad it it hangs itself. It doesn't need it just needs someone just kind of kind of like boop like p- poke it in the nose and knock it down. It's that bad. And there are plenty of times where like no, you're an asshole. This movie is fucking great, and you're just stupid. So so you just end up roasting the guest in certain situations. Oh yeah, oh we we, we roast that. plenty of people that are that are that are terrible at. Uh, you know, at picking films like, you know, Pulp Fiction What was one after by my very good friend, Lynette Palladino. She walked into a buzzsaw. She should have known better. She knows that's my second favorite film of all time. Star Wars was one after um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was one after, you know, there are a lot of big name films here that have been gone after. There are also a lot of big name films that stink and people are like, yeah, that film sucks. And I'm like, yep, right on. It is a piece of shit. So bottom yeah. line, like I said before, we take things that are established and have an insanely uh, unique hook on it instead of trying inventing the wheel with other brand new ideas. But yeah, everyone loves to talk about movies. Everyone loves film debate. No one is doing what I'm doing. And yeah. again, it's just not a movie review podcast for the sake of having it. I think those are just insanely boring. And again, no one cares. And you know it's edgy because one of your retweets, your recent retweet, uh, was Jim Stansel. And so that's a pretty, uh, his honey, I yelled the blank word, was pretty fucking hilarious <laughs> take on Rick Moranis. I love that. And I thought that was fucking funny. I thought that was a great, great, great fucking uh, joke. That was yeah, a I was good like, this, yeah, this podcast is good if they're retweeting Stansel. And Gutting the Sacred Cow, I mean, it's, it's fucking huge, thousands of followers and shit like that. How often do you release? When can we expect it? Uh, you can really expect a new episode every week. In fact, if you subscribe, we, uh, we, we up, I upload it, you know, every Friday night or Saturday. In fact, I just put up our brand new episode last night where we have, um, White Sox Dave from Barstool Sports go after stepbrothers. So we have that. And then we have next week, we have the guys from the STST podcast doing point break and my co-host Kevin Israel booked another guy. We're taping on Monday. He's doing X Men, which I just rewatched today. And then I'm bringing back my uh, one of our favorites, Dave Landau from oh. uh, Compound Media, and also from the Anthony Akumia show. He's coming back in two weeks from Monday. Just confirmed that this morning. Love Landau. One of my favorite episodes uh, was Landau doing Philadelphia. So Landau <laughs> is a fucking hoot. Dude, I can't wait so somebody likens that Point Break to fucking Fast and Furious. They're the same fucking movie. No, Point Break is better than Fast and Furious. Oh, absolutely. I fucking hate Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh, no, Point Break is amazing. And then when they come along and rip it off to the tune of Fast and Furious and then turn into a franchise, I'm like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, no, yeah, Point Break is a good one. So it's it's funny sometimes when I text Kevin, like, or he'll text me, but more when I text Kevin, like, oh, our guest has picked this film and I, most of the time, I can kind of sniff out if Kevin's going to be like, "Oh, that's a, I like that movie," or "I hate it." If it's a if it's one he likes, and the person's trying to shit on it, he'll go, "Man, fuck that per- fuck that guy." Work that all in caps. And when I told him about Point Break, man, he was just like, "Man, fuck that, guy. fuck those guys." So, <laughs> pretty funny. Dude, that's fucking sweet. Well, I love it so much. Are you going to be on Compound Media or uh, Gas Digital Network anytime? I was just, I'm on Compound Media every month for the morning show with Bill and Joanne. Love those two. Bill, uh, Bill's been on the show three times, once as a guest host and twice as a, as a, as a gutter. Joanne Nosicinski, his co-host, also been on twice. Love those two. So yeah, I'm on Compound. I was on it. I was on Kumi's show, I think was it April or May? And that was great. I got Anthony Kumi on the show as well. He did Face Off and I aimed to try and get back on again as well as have Anthony back on again, because that's one of our highest rated episodes. The Compound Media folks absolutely love us. They're, yeah, they're, uh, they're such a great loyal fan group, and they and they think we're funny, more importantly. So <laughs> we're, we're cool with them, and they are certainly cool with us. So we can't be more thankful for that uh, for that connection we made with them. 
And so how'd you make the choice to do it with Kevin Israel? Great question. So I came up with the idea and I threw it out there on Facebook. Like, hey, I'm looking for a co-host. I've done a few other podcasts, one called the, uh, well, now, the defunct now safe word with Monica Vita, one of my friends. Then I did another one with uh, Jeffrey Paul called the Sportsbook Box Office Podcast where we talk movie and films. And I go, you know, let's let's. I had this idea to try and say, let's invite people on to shit on films that everyone loves. So I threw it on Facebook, and people were like, hey, I'm interested, I'm, I'm interested. And when Kevin Israel said, hey, man, this is something I could definitely do, I knew it was him. Was, was he, I knew he'd be the person. Here's why. I mean, I've been Facebook friends with him for a while. Uh, we've, we've hung out a few times before that. But we've always had these Facebook... Uh, these uh, the repartee on, between us on Facebook with with movies is pretty good, you know. He'll, and he'll tell you, I think seventy five percent of the time we we very much agree, but the twenty five percent we lock horns like a pair of rams. Wow. So I knew he'd be the perfect yin to my yang. Good. So I when he when he goes, hey, I'm interested. He uh, I knew that was it, and I didn't even think twice. And Kevin's another fellow corporate America guy, so he knows how all the. The, the behind the scenes bullshit work needs to be done. He's not, he's a very hard worker and we work well in tandem again on the show as well as off the show. And I dare say, I mean, actually tomorrow is our one year anniversary and we've made a lot more traction than any podcast I worked on and he's worked on. And I might dare say than most podcasts are that have done in a year. You know, I think our, our social media numbers are, are better than what most people do in a year and our number, our downloads are better than that. But listen, they're good. They're not fucking Bill Burr or, or Rogan great. You know, let's not get crazy. But I, I'm very pleased with our first year numbers. So now I expect more than double that for second year. So, but yeah, that, that's how I knew Kevin was the guy. He's he just, again, previous engagements on Facebook together. And I just knew he's just a solid dude through and through and he's funny. So that's all, that's what I need. Dude, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, the reason why you're so big is not only because you're a famous motherfucker, but because you picked the right ideas. And so you're the guy to watch. Kevin Goatee, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Famous. You keep saying famous. I don't know. <laughs> famous. I, I Infamous. Wish. Infamous. I, I wish the money would match that title you keep giving me. Dude, we got to get you out of that apartment. It's a pimp apartment, though. <laughs> thank you so much. I do appreciate that. And uh, of course, thank you for the time and the show. And if everyone can go and check out Gutting the Sacred Cow, subscribe for the love of Christ. Yes. On iTunes, uh, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, you name it, we're on it. We're also on YouTube. So if you want to see my smiling face and my teeth, yes, teeth. Why did I say teeth? My favorite five-star rating we got on iTunes, which was just this past week, where the reviewer said, I have nice teeth, and she watches because I have nice teeth. So yes. that took me for a curveball. That was a very nice thing of her to say. But, uh, you know, like I said, all the podcast platforms, guttingthesacredcow.com is also really cool because you go there on Monday through Friday. Kevin Israel and I have new articles every single day. We talk, you know, list of 10. We pick a theme and we do a hashtag list of 10. Our favorite movie quotes, movies that we've just seen, movie news, and movie sequels we want to see or never asked for. So guttingthesacredcow.com every day, new articles, as well as we have a merch shop. You can buy a shirt. I expect you to buy a shirt for the love of Christ. Fuck yeah, man. Does that have your famous teeth? If it has your famous teeth on there, I'm buying it. <laughs> I am smiling in one of those pictures. <laughs> yeah. Hats, bags, shirts, everything, guttingthesacredcow.com. Check that out. But subscribe. And if you do like the show, cool. Tell a friend. Tell a few friends. But, you know, more importantly, subscribe. And if you could, leave us a five-star rating, two-sentence review. You know, that's, that's, that's the cool thing to do for us. We'd really appreciate that. And it's in the next Comics Watching Comics, isn't it? 
I hope so. I mean, comicspunchatcomics.com has all the information you need there. But if it's on Amazon Prime, if you have Prime, it's free for seasons one, all of them, all seasons one through eight and the uh, and the live show. So you can binge that. Each season, each season's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 long. So it's like watching a you know feature-length film. But yeah, give comics, watching comics a shot. It's great. This is my, uh, my first real baby. And yeah, uh, if you're that, listening I mean, out there, you want to buy a show, call me up. Dude, fuck yeah, but even get, gutting the sacred cow, man. You got to have that hook. You have that hook up at Amazon. He's going to see your traction on all these fucking, you know, iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and all that bullshit. So gutting the sacred cow is the next big thing. I really hope so. I really do. I, I think I've got some good stuff. I have another concept for a game show that I haven't shot yet because that's expensive and I don't plan on paying for that. But yeah, I've got other things too. That I think uh, I know. I think show creating shows and show running is my uh, is my end game. It's the teeth. <laughs> Kevin Goatee and his famous teeth. Thank you so much for coming on. Ah, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. good stuff today, man. Really, really appreciate the time.